Are you ready, Ma? I'm ready, Erin. Let's go. Let's go to Harlem. Harlem? Harlem Shake? Harlem. Harlem. Um, it started out uh, around... 19- 1918. 18, that's what I thought. <laughs> and then it skips ahead 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, shall we have the particular? The name of the film is Harlem Nights. The particulars. It was released on November 17th, 1989. So this year is the 30th anniversary. Yay. It was written, directed, and executive produced by Eddie Murphy. His directorial debut. I believe it was his one and only. Well, let's just... Let's just list a few of the movies that he did leading up to this. We already did Trading Places. I'm so proud of you. The Best Defense, Beverly Hills Cop, The Golden Child, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Coming to America, and then he did Harlem Nights. So that's basically, this is Eddie Murphy's heat check. Because that's a hell of a run in the 80s. Yeah, he was he was all that in the eighties. Ah, uh, so he's he's feeling himself for this. The music is by the legendary Herbie Hancock. What? He did Cantaloupe Island, Watermelon Man. He did a, the score for Antonioni's Blow Up in nineteen sixty six and many other film scores. He did Fat Albert. He did a ton of commercial jingles. He did Rocket, that jazz hip hop thing song he won an oscar for best score for round midnight he did a soldier story colors and action jackson i mean he's he's herbie hancock nerd alert nerd alert um they use seven classic tracks of duke ellington oh for the time period nice Uh Uh uh-huh The DP is Woody Omens. He did not have a Wikipedia page, and I forgot to look him up elsewhere. It was edited by Alan Balsam and George Bowers, and George Bowers also edited The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, Across the Eighth Dimension, Sleeping with the Enemy, A League of Their Own, How Stella Got Her Groove Back, Money Train, Walking Tall. He also directed episodes of Dukes of Hazard. Body and Soul, and Private Resort. Oh. The cast. Wow. Settle in, people. Get your tushies comfy. Eddie Murphy stars as Quick. I mean, we already ran down Eddie Murphy. He's Eddie fucking Murphy. Richard Pryor as Sugar Ray. Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor, probably the greatest stand-up comedian of all time. I know people will argue and debate and whatever but he's up there he's a he's a superstar i'm team richard Pryor. yeah i think that i i had to have seen a lot of richard Pryor in my young life huh ma probably (laughs) more than you should have because did i even did i see this movie because as soon as this movie started i was like wow why does this feel like old friends (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't maybe you did see it but not in the theater I don't think because I, I don't think in the theater but just the cursing in it I'm like they sound like me nerd alert <laughs> 133 fucks or variations thereof oh man wait till we get to the MVP I actually felt like I had a clean mouth watching this movie. I didn't like get out of my head (laughs) i'm like why do why when i curse and stuff do i sound like eddie murphy and red fox and and well we'll get to it we wait for that wait for that so richard Pryor, he was in silver streak the whiz stir crazy brewster's millions see no evil hear no evil he co-wrote blazing saddles um, in 1980, he had a freebasing accident. That he was said a... he was dipping Oreos in milk, Aaron. I don't understand freebasing. Well, he he went into um, 
what is it called when you go crazy because you're on narcotics? Like a, a narcotic-induced psychosis event or <laughs> something like that where he, like, poured 151-proof rum on himself and set himself on fire and then went running down Parthenia in Los Angeles. Yeah, he did. So, but hey, he bounced back because that was in 1980. So this is nine years later. Although in 1986, he was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Yeah. So he, when we were, nerd alert, when they were filming this movie, he knew he had MS, but he, I don't, he kept it to himself. So like Eddie Murphy, Red Fox, they all didn't know. Speaking of Red Fox, he played Benny Wilson. I mean, he's Red fucking Fox. He was in Sanford and Son, The Red Fox Show, All the Fine Young Cannibals. This was his last film. He went to see Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, see? That's from Sanford and Son. <laughs> oh, that's one of the great all-time theme songs. Sometimes I just listen to that. It makes me so happy. It, it is. Danny Aiello. We Hello. saw him from Sal in Do the Right Thing. He was playing Phil Cantone. He was in The Godfather two, Part 2, Moonstruck. Go back to do the right thing. We went through his particulars already. Exactly. Michael Lerner, he plays Bugsy Calhoun. He was in Barton Fink, Eight Men Out, Elf. This dude's been in so much TV. Yeah. A ton of it. We have Della Reese plays Ver- Vera. Or Vera. Yeah. Vera. I, I, I always want to say Verna, but it's Vera. Vera. I was only familiar with Della Reese from Touched by an Angel. Oh, she was not touched by an angel. So I was like, I have a whole new appreciation for Della Reese right now. Because my whole thing was Della Reese is an angel and she's so wholesome and stuff. But no, she was discovered in real life by Mahalia Jackson. Mahalia, the queen of gospel, Jackson. Mahalia, we saw her in Imitation of Life when we did this. Della Reese was also B.A. Baracus' mom in the A-Team. What? Mr. T's mom in the A-Team. I'm big into my my classic oldies, my Motown, all of that. Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. <laughs> Martha Reeves named the Vandellas after Van Dyke Street in Detroit and Della Reese. Wow. What? Wow, I didn't know that. I know. I mean, you get hand picked. Mahalia Jackson herself discovers you. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's crazy. Jasmine Guy played Dominique LaRue. I mean, Mm -hmm. Jasmine Guy, she was in school days, but she is forever known to people of a certain age as Whitney from a different world. Whitney. We have Layla Rashawn as Sunshine. She was in Waiting to Exhale, Breakin', Breakin' 2, Electric Boogaloo, and Boomerang. Arsenio Hall as a Reggie. <laughs> he was in Coming to America, Blank Man, Black Dynamite. And you know Arsenio Hall from the Dog Pound in the Arsenio Hall show. Mm-hmm. Man, there's a lot of people who don't even have any idea what that is. The no. Dog Pound. That's true. Charlie Murphy, rest in peace. Eddie Murphy's brother, he played Jimmy. You know him from the Chappelle show, all his crazy stories. He was in Mo' Better Blues, Jungle Fever, Norbit. Robin Harris, he played Romeo. We saw him in Do the Right Thing. You know him from Bebe's Kids. Mm-hmm. And he had amazing stand-up. Stan Shaw played Jack Jenkins, the champ. He was in Rocky, The Great Santini, Fried Green Tomatoes, Freedom Song, Snake Eyes. Miguel Miguel A. Nunez Jr., he was the man with the broken nose. He was in Life, but he is 
most indelibly known as Joanna Man from the major motion picture Joanna Man. <laughs> and we have Thomas Michael Ford, who played Tommy Smalls, but we all know him as Tommy on Martin. And he was in The Parkers, and he was in New York Undercover. Mm. I mean, this cast was full of, like, that guy. It was. And even the background people, there were people when I was, like, re-watching it that, yeah, that's right, people, re-watching it. That I was like, this guy? I know, I've seen that guy before. I've seen that guy. <sighs> so those are the particulars. Thank you, my dear. Well, this is the tale of a nightclub owner, Sugar Ray, and his son, Quick, who fight to keep a vicious mobster and corrupt police force from putting them out of business. What's their business, you ask? Well, they have Club Sugar Rays. Now, actually, the movie starts with a little boy who you finally realize is little Eddie Murphy. And... Um, he had no, no family and he kind of lived on the streets and he would run errands for Sugar Ray, also known as Richard Pryor. Mm -hmm. And, um, one night he just shoots a dude in the forehead because he was threatening, uh, Sugar Ray and the little dude. So he was a bad boy at 11. He wasn't, he was a little orphan. And he was an orphan. He was on the streets. He was seven years old. He went out to go get the guy some smokes. He gave him some smokes. They happen to be in the back. They're shooting craps. The guy that it's his turn to shoot, he gets mad because he says that kids bring him bad luck. And he's like, get this kid out of here. And he's and then you know, Richard Pryor's just kind of messing with him. He's like, what? No, what? And then the guy shoots bad and then he gets mad and he's about to he's about to slit um richard pryor's throat and richard yeah. pryor's being you know <laughs> he's just being he's being richard pryor and stuff and you know he's talking and you see his hand go underneath because he's got a gun because so he's like ah dale whatever but the gun isn't there <laughs> and so you know he's like oh shit like this guy's gonna he's gonna make my throat a fillet and before you know it, he just he's like boom, and the guy gets shot right through the forehead, and little quick saved his life. And he was like, "Man, why'd you do that?" And he was like, "You, you was gonna cut your throat. He's gonna kill you." And so he was like, "All right, we'll go home to your mom." And he's like, "She's dead." He's like, "Go home to your dad." Then he's like, "He's dead." And one of my favorite line readings of the film is Richard Pryor just looks at him and he goes, "Did you shoot him?" <laughs> The little boy's like, no, they, they, I didn't kill my parents. Yeah. And then he takes them under his wing. And, and he goes, so you shot him. How about some ice cream? Yeah. Yeah. This movie, I think, because it has oh, a 25% on Rotten Tomatoes, but I think it's just because like people don't get it. It's got a really weird uh, tone to it, which I love. I love this movie. I laughed so much. There's so many quotable lines. I wrote down so many quotable lines. Oh, it's just, and also just go through it and just watch Richard Pryor's face. Because there's times where he made me bust out laughing and he doesn't say a word. It's yeah. just him. <laughs> and because you can just tell, he's and his face isn't doing anything, but you're laughing at the monologue that you think that his character is having <laughs> in his head. That's true. Okay, it's 20 years later. Uh, Club Sugar Rays is doing a booming business with gambling. And then you later find out there are girls upstairs. Um, and in walks Tommy Smalls. Tommy Smalls uh, works at the Pity Pack Club. <laughs> That's a funny name. The Pity Pack Club. Pity Pack Club is owned by Bugsy Calhoun who is a white mobster. Probably Italian. Or maybe not Calhoun. Huh. wonder why I thought he was Italian the whole time. Weird. Anyways, well, continue. He, <laughs> he comes across Italian. Oh, okay. And, and his mistress, who is Jasmine Guy. Mm -hmm. She's and Creole. Born and raised. Eddie sees her and he is smitten. Oh, yeah. Well, 
Calhoun's place is not doing as well as Ray's, so Calhoun decides it's time to get rid of Ray's. So he puts Tommy Smalls on it and says, get Cantone on it too. We don't yet know who Cantone is. Well, um, Tommy Smalls, it, it turns out, they think Tommy Smalls is stealing from Calhoun. So Calhoun tells him to cut Tommy's throat. At this point, Vera comes in, aforementioned Del Reese. <laughs> and she is dressed to what she thinks is high fashion. I think she looks pretty good for the 1930s. She was she was well endowed. She was a voluptuous woman. She well, was, she is. She's in charge of the girls. She's the madame. And um, all of them are saying, you know, we're doing great except for the girls. The girls keep coming up short with their money. Well, Vera <laughs> takes offense to that. Well, it wasn't all of them that were saying it. It was Quick that said it. Right. And the, then it became Quick versus Vera. So Vera goes, I'm going to whoop your ass. Get out there. And she starts going to the back alley, taking off all her jewelry. Oh, before that, though, before that, there are some lines I have to quote. Oh, okay. Only thing I'm stealing out of here today is your face, <laughs> she told Eddie Murphy. You're going to have to learn to respect me. And then he hits her. Well, wait. Yeah, because, well, she, so they go outside, and Eddie Murphy's doing oh, yeah, his Eddie Murphy outside. laugh. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like, this is Vera. So he's taking off his, his jacket, and he's out there, and Vera is taking off. She's taking off, like, her shoes. Like, she is ready. She's flat-footed. She's in her pose. She has all her earrings. They're all off. She's ready. And Eddie Murphy's doing his, what are you going to do, man? <laughs> and Vera pops him in the nose. She does. And Eddie Murphy, what? And, he, and he, he's like, but what? No. You better stop it because, you know, I'm... I'm getting angry here, and I'm watching this like, what? Is, how is this? This is 1989. I don't know how this is going to go. And then Vera pops him again, and I'm, I'm laughing at this point. And Eddie Murphy's like, what? The? Like, now he's mad because he got popped twice. So then he, I think she might even popped him a third time. And so Eddie Murphy takes us by punches her in the stomach, and Vera doubles over. And then she makes this noise. <laughs> she's like, Ooh! and she rises up and she's just like, oh no, now you did it. And she just commences to wailing on him. He tries to throw a real punch at her. She dodges it, comes up under and hits him with a combination. <laughs> And then an uppercut that sends him flying into the trash can. And then she's on top of him just wailing, saying, you will learn to respect me. <laughs> and then he takes a trash can lid and pops her on the head and knocks her back. And, and, he, and they're like, oh, because all the guys are watching it. And they're like, damn, you, you hit her with a trash can lid? Oh, my gosh. And then... Like, like all the classic movie villains and stuff. So she's not a villain. She's my hero in this film. She rises up. And she's like, you're going to have to do better than that motherfucker. And then he's there like. There were plenty of motherfuckers. Oh, man. So she says, oh, you want to hit me with a garbage can? Now I got to cut you. <laughs> and she pulls out of her ample bosom a switchblade. Yeah, she got a razor on her. And so he, oh, Eddie Murphy's eyes get real big and stuff. So he takes out his gun from his ankle, and he's like, I'm going to shoot your pinky off. I'm going to shoot your pinky toe off if you don't stop this right now. <laughs> and, it, and then it cuts to them. Uh -huh. They're like jackets on and stuff. And, and Richard Pryor's like, why'd you shoot off her toe? <laughs> you got to stop overreacting. <laughs> So Ray gets home. He has a nice brownstone. Yeah. In Harlem. 
And he gets home, and sitting in his living room is Sergeant Phil Cantone. A.K.A. Aiello. Danny Aiello of the police department. And he goes, oh, no, 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 no. You're looking for Sugar Ray, but I, I'm in the candy business. I'm not, I'm not in the nightclub business, so you got the wrong Sugar Ray. And so he leaves. So he goes back to work the next day and tells everybody, we got to relocate. <laughs> the jig's up, guys. Yeah. We got to bounce. Because uh, Cal Cantone is working for Calhoun and nobody messes with Calhoun. And so Ray is telling Quick, he's just got to slow down. Quick keeps going, nobody's coming after us. Nobody's going to do anything to us. Um, and Ray goes, well, Calhoun has the cops and the judges on his payroll. What do we have? One person with a gun. At that point, Quick gets a note from Dominique LaRue to meet him. And there's a whole... Uh, I'm not going into all of the um, all of the things that happen and all of the one-liners that come out, oh, so but angry. but they're all talking about how Dominique is a Creole girl, and she'll put some voodoo on you. Yeah, they're like better stay not away trust from her. Like, oh no. So then we go back to Ray's place, and the sergeant is there, and they got to talk business. And he says that he's here for Bugsy, and Bugsy says that they are making significant money and that uh, Bugsy wants some of it. So they're pulling in $15,000 a week, and so Cantone and Calhoun want 10000 of that. And Sugar Ray's like, that's... That's that's um like that's not a cut like that's a holdup. You're robbing us. But he knows, time to get out of town. Mm -hmm. So he rounds everybody up to be at his house in an hour. Well, Ray has a plan. He has a plan, and it's going to be this one thing. Then everybody's going to have to leave town, but everybody will get fifty thousand dollars if this plan works out. This one last job. One last job. There's a big fight this week. And they they aren't worried about the fight. They are going to rob Bugsy mm -hmm. of all of his establishments. Um, then Cantone is around. He wants $55,000 from Tommy. Oh, yeah. He's got to go deal with Tommy because Tommy has been skimming money. So he goes and says that. Bugsy wants his $5,000 back, um, at which point he shoots Tommy. And who is there with him that says, uh, he told us to cut his throat? It was the guy that he got his hand in the, he was the guy that brought Tommy Smalls into the organization. Oh, in and the first so, place. Yeah, and so Cal Bugsy Calhoun punishes him when he realizes that Tommy's skimmy. And we don't even really know if Tommy's skimming, but that's what they say. And so they, he cr cr uh, crushes his hand in the piano, and he tells him, you, I want you to slit his throat from here to here. And then he goes with the cop, and the cop ends up shooting him. And then the guy with this cast, is, he's the one that's like, but he said to slit his throat. So he's like, then slit his throat then. Okay, well, the the... The thing is the fight, and so Cantone goes back and tells Bugsy, everybody's putting their money on Kilpatrick. Kilpatrick is an Irish fighter, and Jenkins is the black fighter, and everybody knows Jenkins is going to win. Then why are all of the black people putting their money on Kilpatrick? Oh, he's going to blow the fight. And so they... um. So that is halfway through the movie, people. And that's when you stop taking notes. That's when I stop taking notes because it's halfway through. But I took a few little things here and there. Some unexpected things happen. Yes. So they basically they carry out their plan. Mm -hmm. And they are able to get enough money and they leave Brooklyn. I mean, not Brooklyn. They, they leave Harlem. Harlem, exactly. Mm -hmm. They probably go to Brooklyn. 
They pay out um, of you. And I have foolishness ensues because there's a lot of foolishness oh, that man. ensues. Yeah. And some unexpected things, too. I bet we'll get to them. I bet we will. So that is me setting the table, leaving you wondering so that you'll have to look it up yourselves. Mm-hmm. So did you do a POW count? I did. Well, we had a Hispanic person who worked in Sugar Ray's establishment. Yeah. And then we the white people, I had, there was a guy who got his hand caught in the piano. There was Calhoun. There was the cop, Aiello. There mm-hmm. was the bag man. The bag man's two friends. Two police cops to get paid later. The fighter. So I had 10 plus the fight crowd. Yeah, and the fight crowd, there were a lot of white people and a small section of black people at the fight. Because there was a very funny visual bit in mm-hmm. the in the fight where they were introducing the fighters and I think it was Kurt Patrick they introduced first. Yeah. And the place is like a raucous and they're like, and then the defending champion and all the white people just did you just stop and sit down. <laughs> And then all the black people are like in their little section yelling. And that did make me laugh. <laughs> just because of how, of, of just how well choreographed it was. I was like, man, look at that well choreographed mm-hmm. hate. <laughs> oh. I thought um, there were some good camera angles and camera, uh, like when he's all dark and he comes into the light. Um, yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, okay. It's not. Yeah. It's not a stellar, like, uh, uh, it's no Citizen Kane or anything. But the thing that I liked about it was that it was like the movies that we watch. It was like the old movies, mm-hmm. where, you know, there's the the movies. I'm guessing that he watched too, and he was a kid. They're set in the 30s and gangster pictures you know where it's yeah they like, said he always wanted to do a period piece it's on here's the set and it isn't you know the movies of the 30s they didn't have these ambitious sets and they weren't all going on location it was mm-hmm. very much like like remember when we did um even though it's not a gangster picture but like a philadelphia story and like his girl friday and how right. we were talking about the locations and stuff and how it's here and then it's here and then it's here and stuff so mm-hmm. This had more than that, but yeah. I thought that it fit right into those kinds of movies. I thought it did, so too. So I just thought it was very telling, people's hate of it. Just throwing the shade that it gets. Yeah, he, he got a lot of shade. Yeah. But it's become a cult classic. Oh, I fully expect, it, you know, getting closer to November, people are going to rediscover this and be like, what? Because it also, re- excuse me, reminded me of... Like the movies of Stephen Chow that I love, like Kung Fu Hustle and The King of Comedy, how it's just the brand, like their weird brand of wacky sense of humor and these like bits, mm-hmm. and then how it also ha- would have like scary violence in it as well. So I liked it. I was like, this is this is a weird movie. I like it. And some violence when you did not expect. I know. Two notable times of that. When you just went, dang, that just happened. Huh? Or one where I was like, did that just happen? (laughs) And yes, it did. What? Okay, what are your nerd alerts? My nerd alert, I didn't have too many, but um, just that prohibition, the constitutional ban on production, importation, transportation, and sale of sale of alcoholic beverages was from 1920 to 1933 but this movie took because i thought it took place during prohibition and that's why they were the police were going to close it down but i guess the police were going to close it down for like zoning violations yes so it might have been after 33 yeah because this did it It was in the 30s well it took place in 1938 because it was 20 years after 1918 right right Well, the police were going to close it down because Calhoun wanted it closed down. Yeah, but 
yeah, because he was paid off, but they were going to, well, I mean, like the in the police paperwork, they can't put paid off by the local <laughs> heavy. They have to, like, you know, make I something up. Now. So they were like, oh, it's a zoning violation. They're running a, an illegal club. Yeah. Okay. Uh, reheatables? Oh, I have so many reheatables. Do you oh, want to okay. do the well, bad reheatables first or the good reheatables? Um, um, do the bad ones first. All right. The bad ones? I just had the one but, but off the top of my head, but we might come up with other ones. Um, so... So quick and uh, Dominique LaRue, they, you know, they get together and he knows there's a, love scene. there's a love scene. And before the love scene, he's he's taking out his gun to put it under the pillow. And then he's going to put his second gun under her pillow. But she has a little what are those things called? Like pea derringer. Oh, she has a derringer. And he's like, oh, look at her little gun. It's so cute. And he's he's kind of smitten with her because he's like, she's just like me. But then he's kind of scared because he's like, wait a second. She has a gun under her pillow. So there's a love scene. And then afterwards, he's because he knows that she's Calhoun's mistress. So he asked, you know, is this was this business or was this pleasure? And. You know, they're having, they're talking and stuff. And then she, and he, she's trying to get her hand under the pillow and he keeps moving it away. And then finally she surprises him and she has the gun and she has it pointed at her. He, she has it pointed at him. He, she pulls the trigger. It doesn't go off because he quick took the bullets out of the gun. And then he shoots her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, that's why, because the bullets are out of the gun and then he has his gun and you hear a gunshot and it cuts away to something else. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're like, did he just shoot her? And then later he goes to Richard Pryor and he's like, I shot LaRue. And he was like, damn, you tore it up. And he was like, no, I, I shot her dead. And he was like, it was that bad. And I'm like, Pryor's on fire. Um, but yeah, I don't think he needed to kill her. He took the bullets no. out of the gun, and yeah. he had a gun. So I was I, like, I, huh. I felt like it was uh, back to when he shot the other, you know, when he was a little boy and he shot the guy just real quick. And Richard Pryor kept telling to him slow, telling him slow down. You're going too fast. Stop and think about things. You're too reactionary. Yeah. But, think that's what it was because she did pull the trigger so yeah she did she she killed him he was just quick and so i'm guessing that yeah that made him pretty angry yeah (laughs) he tried to kill me so i was like "Ooh, wow huh all right well at least you didn't see it (laughs) yeah that's true so that was my my bad reheatable because but the the Della Reese fight I didn't think that that was bad and maybe there's other people who have differing opinions and will make me ponder it but because she was just as tough as he was yeah and she was giving out she was like he didn't he didn't go into it like I'm gonna punch this woman like you know she got three really good, delicious locks on him. And then when he did punch her, he gave her a, just one shot in the stomach and was going to walk away. And then she, and then that's when she was like, that's it, I'm fighting. So then they, I feel like at that point, you know, she kind of, I don't know. Like to me, I, I, I felt like it was equal. Yeah. I, feel, I didn't I feel, feel like she was instigating just as much as he was. Yeah. So I didn't feel like, oh, he, he shouldn't be hitting the woman or whatever. It was like, no, he needed to defend himself. And actually, you know, you just, you saw him kill, um, Jasmine guy and the other dude without a black bat of an eye, he went easy on her by just cut, shooting off her pinky toe. Yeah, he did just just shoot her, and he was and he warned her a whole bunch of times. So like, now settle, now stop it, don't make me do this. And then they had a, a good, a nice little scene at the end because Richard Pryor says, "Hey, if you you know apologize to her," and he was like, "Like, 
me apologize to her she was the and she was like well you know you you did accuse her of stealing in front of everyone and so he goes in he he kind of apologizes and she's just like you know tough until he leaves the room and then she's just like ah, i love that i love that kid i love that kid oh uh, okay i have one uh bad reheatable and you're not going to agree with it <laughs> i know what it is already what is it is it the fighter the champ? It's not. Oh. No, because the champ would, would have his brain scrambled by now, and that's how he would talk. Yeah. Okay. No, it's not. I felt the whole time that Richard Pryor was pretty reserved for Richard Pryor. Oh, yeah. That's because he had found out that he had multiple sclerosis. And... I have another tasty nugget about it later. Oh, okay. But yeah, I he had just found out he had MS and he hadn't told anybody. And but he just was, and and as Sugar Ray, he was supposed to be far more reserved than Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the juxtaposition. But um, yeah, I felt like he just wasn't firing on all of his cylinders. I liked it because, and it. I guess maybe because I haven't seen a whole bunch of Richard Pryor recently. So I don't really have a whole lot front of my mind to compare it to, but I liked how I just, I, I was like, Oh, he's making these decisions because I know how like Richard Pryor is. And he did seem super reserved. And at first I was like, what is going on? But that added to my enjoyment of his character of yeah he's this old guy because he was ready to bounce and you could say oh it was his time was up but he had been in this game for 20 years Mm -hmm. maybe he was just tired of all of it the Mm -hmm. late nights the never getting to eat a meal earlier than what midnight i don't even know probably probably 2 3 a.m yeah he just he just wanted a nice simple life. He was getting old. He couldn't he couldn't be staying up at all these hours. <laughs> and his just his facial, even when he's like you said, he didn't even have to have a facial expression. It was just the look on his face because. Well, the what a, the the greatest example of that is when the champ comes in, and the champ, you know, is he's stuttering and trying to get out his thoughts because i'm not i thought that well that's on my list of good reheatables because you know he's the champ and his brain's getting bashed in so yeah he's gonna have problems and stuff and when he's trying to to spit out the words just watching richard Pryor's face because he's because he's the champ and he's a patron and, and all of that. So he couldn't be exasperated. He had to try to be patient and just watching him be patient. And then at one point, the champ like says it and he's like, yeah, it's about time. <laughs> he says something like that. And just just the way he says it. I'm like, oh, man, That's, it's just watching his eyes as he's as because we all know what the champ is saying. He's just not spitting it out. Richard Pryor's eyes just waiting for him to get the words out. I wonder if he was also thinking, uh, oh, man, that's my future in real life. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay, that's my that's my only bad reheatable. Okay. So the good ones? I had the music. Yeah, the score. The music, the music was so good. That yeah. was good. Um, the costumes. Yes. They, costumes were amazing. And they were nominated for an Oscar. Joe I. Thompson, Best Costume Design. They didn't win. Oh, no. Are you kidding me? I don't know what did win. Probably Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> that was Driving Miss Daisy year. Oh, was it? Uh-huh. Um, well, we already said Della Reese and her fight, the alley fight. Mm-hmm. That I think that holds up. Um, the <laughs> I think that it holds up. Like I said earlier, Sugar Ray just wanted to pack it in. Somebody did, like nobody even really threatened him. 
because usually in like these movies, it's like the second threat that gets through. But the, it was just the one threat. The guy just had to show up and was like, yeah, yeah, we need you to close down. He was like, yeah, I'm good. All right, I'm out. And everybody's like, Because he's seen it. Yeah. He's seen what happens when you don't listen to the first threat. Um, And I like the pickup scene where Sunshine, who is Layla Rashawn, goes to the bar and has to pick up the bag man. <laughs> and so his two friends leave and, and she just basically seduces this white guy. And then um, he... In the morning, she's she's making the like, oh, can you come pick me up and stuff? Cause she's basically using him um, as part she of is. the plan. And as soon as she leaves, he calls his wife. <laughs> she's like, hello, yeah, Barbara, I'm never coming home again. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. Well, the name was Barbara. <laughs> There's that. I was like, he's like, yeah, I'm never coming home again. <laughs> Have a good life. <laughs> Any more? Um, those are it for my good reheatables. Because your reheatables were my MVPs. Oh. My MVPs, okay. Secondary MVP was the costumes because they were amazing. That white brocade and jacket and vest that Richard Pryor wore, so cool. Mm -hmm. and, but come on. Della Reese is the MVP of this film. <laughs> I mean, my God. Yeah, she's pretty amazing. I have I have uh, three MVPs. Okay. I have Tommy Smalls' laugh. <laughs> what well, he just had this laugh for the for the first scene where he comes in where the, Eddie Murphy walks up to him and is like, Hey, um, may we get you a table? And he just it's just a hard cut to him going, <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. And that made me I that made me laugh really hard. And he did it again in the background with something else. So that was kind of like his I guess his trademark thing. Um motherfucker is my second MVP. <laughs> because everybody was like, You motherfucker, get this motherfucker over here. That motherfucker wanted me hundred and thirty-three times. Hit this motherfucker. And that's why I was, I was like, I'm home. Why is this sound? Cause she's not talking about me. She's talking about her own home. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know. There was no cuss. Like, my parents did not cuss. Until? But until I was, like, 20. Of age. Yeah. And then they were sailors. So, I don't know. <laughs> not understand. your father. Be fair. Not your father. Yeah, not my father. I mean, he cursed in code. Yeah. He, and now I realize that that is like that motherfucker. Exactly. Mofo. Like, you didn't know Mofo was motherfucker either. Mug. He would say mug. Mug. It was mug. Mug. I was like, that what's mugged. a mug got to do with anything? My mom, and at 20, I was like, motherfucker. That's what he's saying. <laughs> it's time you knew the truth. Yeah. But man, just the cadence of it. I love it. I love how I love how uh, how Richard Pryor says it. I love how Eddie Murphy says it. I love how Red Fox says it. I love how Della Reese says it. I love mm -hmm. that when Della. Oh, one of the great scenes: the the argument between Della Reese and Red Fox <laughs> when they're going <laughs> to make sandwiches and stuff. That cracked me up. <laughs> that was do you, bitch. <laughs> He was like, I'll tell you to kiss my ass, but you can't see it, you blind motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And that was an ass that was hard to miss. Yeah. So. But he was a blind motherfucker. But my, my MVP of this film. <laughs> okay. My, oh, my God. <laughs> I... I have to turn around. I have to rewind this and watch his entire thing, his entire span from when he enters the movie to when he exits. <laughs> was nothing but hilarious. It was nothing but I don't. His voice had to have been raw from doing it. Arsenio Hall. <laughs> <laughs> I was 
was on the ground and rolling I am around. Not Hall fan, I was rolling yeah. around laughing so hard because he committed so hard to this. <laughs> he plays um, Tommy Smalls' brother. So he's he just happens to be sitting outside and he sees when um because Cal the, the Tommy Smalls gets murdered by the by the guys. Calhoun's guys and then soon after that Eddie Murphy goes up to to talk to to Tommy about something and he comes across Tommy's body and he's like ooh and he leaves and Arsenio Hall plays Reggie he and his friends are like what is that's my brother's apartment why is he coming out of there so you see him the gang go up to his apartment you know what happened we don't see it Next thing you see is Arsenio Hall is just crying, just tears streaming down his face, yelling with a Tommy gun in the back seat next to the guy who was Joanna Man <laughs> with a Tommy gun. There's a driver, there's a guy in the front seat, and he's just crying, talking about how he's gonna kill, kill quick, how he wants him, he's his, he's good, he he killed his brother. Oh, it's just so funny. It's so over the top. They find Quick on the road. He's like, pull up to him. I'm going to kill that money. Like, just. And then. (laughs) So Quick. Quick is quick. And he puts the brakes on. Does the old stop short. And they rear end um, Quick's car. And by doing that, Joanna Man gets his nose broken. And <laughs> Reggie, because it's a Tommy gun, he his fingers just thumb the trigger, so it the it's a it's you know bullets are flying everywhere. He clips it. The guy sitting in the the front passenger seat, he's dead. The, <laughs> his face when he realizes that he <laughs> killed the guy in the car <laughs> is such a like horrible like, oh my god, I just did that, and. Look what, look what Quick made me do. He made me, like, my brother's dead. He killed my brother, and he made me kill my friend. And then they find, like, Quick rolls out. He does this, it was like a dumb, he drove into a, a plant place, breaking windows. And Quick comes out, or no, the three of them are out there. Two of them have the Tommy guns. One has just one gun. Like, there were so many funny things in this thing, how they are like, he's crying yelling it's hilarious and then they has the guy with the six shooter just shooting one bullet and it goes on for like he does it twice and then he realizes what's going on he takes his hat off and smacks him it's just it's just so funny and then how it all ends they have the tommy guns quick is pinned down he, there's a break in it. He gets up. He he looks. He does like three shots of suppressive fire. Goes back down. And this was directed really well because he goes back down, and you never see the the point of view. You're waiting for more of the Tommy gun bullets, and it doesn't happen. And you slowly look, and and quick slowly peeks out, and then you see the reveal. All three of the guys are dead from the three from the random three shots that he did. And then he just like looks at his gun and he walks away. And then Arsenio Halls gets one last moment to shine. He's like, "You asshole!" And he dies. <laughs> oh, it was. I thought that was so funny. It was. It was a good bit. He was so over the top, just yelling. Yeah, screaming. <laughs> oh, he was. He was stomping. And <laughs> some place where I. I was looking at trivia. It just called him the crying man. Yeah. That's what he did. And he, he just showed up for that. He like, here, here, Arsenio, here's your bit. And he was like, I'm going to kill it. And he did. Mm-hmm. As I said, I'm not a fan of his, but uh, he did good in this because he didn't have a lot of, a lot of speaking parts. It was, it was all just his facial expressions. Okay, did you do your recasting? Oh, I did. I did two recastings. I only did one, and and this was my reasoning. This was my uh, aha moment mm-hmm. to myself because you'd been saying it, but I was hearing it through a different lens. 
So I thought, why am I going to recast this with white people when black actors don't get enough work as it is? <laughs> Three weeks away. Well, you know what, Ma? This is a Black History Month miracle. <laughs> it's the miracle of Black History Month. It only is took it? the entire month. <laughs> Or was I just lazy? Well, that's up to you guys to figure out. Okay, are you ready for mine? I only did Sugar Ray Quick, Dominique, Vera, and Calhoun. Okay. Okay. So, oh, okay. Where do I start? Which one do you want to know first? Um, Quick. I had a hard time because there were so many people who I've cast in other things. Oh. And, you know, I want to spread it out. And, yes. of course, I had to Google black actors again. <laughs> so I went with Chadwick Boseman. Okay. Mm -hmm. I Yeah. I, I would mean, like to see Chad Because Chadwick Boseman is usually so reserved in his roles of yeah. late. Yeah. Hmm, that's nice. Okay. Sugar Ray. Mm-hmm. Delroy Lindo. <laughs> you on that good fight, aren't you? <laughs> I am, but think about it. Yeah. Oh, he'd that would be, be so good. good at that. Yeah. Okay. Dominique, you know, because it wasn't a but but Paula Patton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Vera, I have two. I can go with the O, of course. The O, of course, is Queen Latifah. Yeah, that is the O, of course. But what if we spun it and had Vanessa Williams? Yeah, I could see oh, that. She could, yeah, oh, she could do it. She Or Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah, she's so tiny, though. Yeah, but she's like the tiny fierceness. Okay, Calhoun. Okay. Stanley Tucci. Yeah. Thank you. That's a good Calhoun. Thank you. Is that it? That's it. That's what I did. All right, I have two different casts. Okay. So Do you have a Hamilton cast? I do have a Hamilton cast. Okay. I'll do the Hamilton cast second because that's the one they have the most for. Okay. Actually, well, no, it's not really a Hamilton cast. It's, it's, I get, you know what? It's not. It's actually my Ghostbusters cast. It's my all female, um, redo. And I think oh that, my God. and I think that it would actually be hilarious because since, well, black people love this movie, but you know, Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 25%. So I saw 65%. I'm going to look that up. Go ahead. Um, so I was like, oh, maybe this could be an all-female redo. But I, that's the second one. The first one, I have fewer people. For Quick, I have Trevor Noah. For Sugar Ray, I have Chris Rock. Yeah. For Tommy, I have Chris Tucker. For yeah. Tommy's brother, I have Mike Epps. And for Benny, who was uh, Red Fox's character, I have Cedric the Entertainer. Oh, good. Yeah. And then here's... Yeah, it was 25% of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And, it's, and that's based on 16 reviews. So And that's not, that's not okay. Yeah. That's, that's not okay. Um, for my all-female, my all-female remake. I love it. For Quick, I have Tiffany Haddish. Yep. Totally. For Sugar Ray, I have Octavia Spencer. Yep. For Benny, who is the Red Fox character, I have Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. For, I guess his name would be Dominic LaRue. Dominic. <laughs> I have the guy on How to Get Away with Murder, Rome Flynn. The guy that, that's the, the black guy that took what's-his-place's spot, but he's a different character. You, you can Google it. Okay. For, um, for the the guy that the bad guy that gets seduced, yes. I have Kristen Wiig. <laughs> for for the role of Sunshine, 
the guy that seduces Kristen Wiig, I have Idris Elba. Yeah, because <laughs> come on. <laughs> I'm not coming home. <laughs> oh, that would be so perfect. Uh, um, for Tommy, I have Tarashi P. Henson. Mm-hmm. For Tommy's brother, <laughs> who is the Arsenio Hall. This made me laugh. I guess I should do Vera real quick because I realized I didn't cast anybody, but just off the top of my head, um, maybe even though they've already done a movie together, uh, Kevin Hart as Vera. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Tommy's brother. <laughs> this made me laugh because we're so used to seeing this woman cry that I would like to see her do it in a comedic way. To really, really stretch those outstanding acting chops that she has. Viola Davis. Yes. <laughs> man, that made me. I'm like, oh man, I, I really want them to make this movie. Yeah, that would be a good uh -huh. movie. Excellent. Yep. Well, I have some tasty nuggets. Oh, good, because I have tasty nuggets. I have that Richard Pryor didn't he didn't really care for Eddie's humor. He he kept telling Eddie that that he needed to be nicer. Mm. And so he felt like Eddie Murphy didn't really like him very much even though Eddie Murphy had said he was his inspiration in comedy. So uh, he had a lot going on. So he was thinking that, plus he had the whole MS thing yeah. going on. Yeah, and Eddie Murphy had a lot going on because, at this, like, he's Eddie Murphy right now. He is white hot. Yeah. Superstar. And also, he even said he didn't put enough of his attention into directing it because he was too busy worrying about where the next party was. Yeah. And they said that behind the scenes was way funnier than anything that yeah. ended up on screen. Because look, behind the scenes, you had Richard Pryor, Red Fox, Della Reese, and Robin Harris just yeah. sitting around. And they said that Red Fox had everyone howling. Of course. Wow. Um, this was loosely based on a, a real story about um, Dutch Schultz, a Jewish, a Jewish guy who had a bar versus Bumpy Johnson, who was a black guy who owned a bar. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I've heard of both uh, those guys. Um, in the 1930s, they had a gambling establishment. Okay, Danny Aiello, in one part, he sings some jazz mm -hmm. in, uh, in Richard Pryor's house. He is an accomplished jazz singer. I didn't know that about Aiello. I didn't either. Interesting. Uh, there was an unnamed actress who accused Eddie Oh, Murphy. it wasn't unnamed. I have the name. Who? It was Michael Michelle. She was cast. Really? And she was playing Dominique LaRue. Oh. And she was fired during production. Eddie Murphy said it just wasn't working out. And then she well, later she sued him. Because she said, yeah, that she got fired because she was um, avoiding his advances. And yeah. then they settled out of court for an undisclosed sum. Well, I hope she got a lot of money because she wouldn't put up with that shit. Mm -mm. And I had the Paramount wanted Robert Duvall to play Bugsy. Oh. But, um, but Eddie stuck to his guns and got... Michael Lerner. That those are my tasty nuggets. Oh. So I have that it has a six out of ten on IMDb, a ninety-two percent like it on Google, the twenty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes we already mentioned. Um, it made it was it's considered a financial disappointment or a box office disappointment, but it it made a lot of money. It made its money back. Yeah, and so how more. Is it because it was being compared to Coming to America and Beverly Hills Cop 2. Oh, so, okay. like, the movie that he did before this was Coming to America, and everybody's like, what's he going to do next? Yeah. 
And like he had already had this string of movies, and it's like Harlem Nights. And a lot of people are like, it's no coming to America. Um, Siskel and Ebert were bored and offended by it. I'm like, really? How you, how you, oh, you're offended, offended by you're offended by this Siskel and Ebert, but we can watch Holiday Inn every Christmas. That's because fine. What I liked about it was that the thinking behind, you know, Sugar Ray's way to way to get out. They, you know, set up the fight and re- used reverse psychology and all of the the smarts it took for that whole thing to work out. Mm-hmm. But they I are, don't understand why they're offended. Well, then, I don't know why they're offended, but then Michael Wilmington in the LA Times, he noted, quote, production design lacks glitter. The movie also lacks the Harlem outside, the gaudy gangland environs, the poverty, the filth, oh. the pain, humanity, humor, and danger that feeds the mobster fantasies. But it's like, mm-hmm. what mobster fantasies are you looking at? Like, are you looking at the mobster? Are you like, oh, this movie isn't like the Harlem version of Godfather, the Godfather. Right. Like, it's is it supposed, supposed to, be to be the good? Because it's not. It's like the movies from, like, the, the olden days yeah. to me. I mean, it had a lot more of a, a plot than I thought it was going to. Yeah. And it had, uh, I think it's just like haters being haters. Because he got, uh, Eddie Murphy got the Razzie Award for it. Yeah, he got the Razzie Award. He was nominated for the Razzie Award for Worst Director, and he won for Worst Screenplay. Yeah. And. Which I don't agree with. Yeah. I, you know, watch this and then watch Driving Miss Daisy, which I don't think I've ever seen. But am I going to be like, oh, wow, you're driving Miss Daisy head and shoulders above Harlem Nights, you know? And may I just might, and may I just point out and remind these people, these critics of long ago, 1989, that you had your gritty slice of life show what everything really is about, and you didn't give it jack shit. It was called Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. So you had the movie that you wanted and you didn't like it. Hmm. Well. <laughs> um. Any other tasty nuggets, my sweet? I'm looking. No, no, I was looking for more stuff, but it was. You know what I wondered? I wondered how much was ad-libbed. And I didn't see anything mentioned about it because they had to do some ad Well, you know what's going to happen. There's going to, the oral histories are going to start coming out because it's going to be 30 years later and we're going to be like, where were you when we did this in Black History Month? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, Red Fox and Della Reese, you know some of that had to be ad-libbed. They started just going at each other. I couldn't believe how funny Della Reese was. Oh, yes. Now I'm going to have to cut you. <laughs> I was just <laughs> Della Reese. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, that's why, that's why I touched by an angel. Well, that's not the only reason, but you know, like it was Barf City for me. Cause come on, Della. You knew, yeah. If I had seen this and then the, I'm sitting here watching, I'm like, when's she going to cuss? <laughs> How is she not cussing? Yeah. How is she not? Like, this Where's white woman's doing all this crazy shit, and we're no side eye whatsoever. <sighs> Where's your razor now, Della? <laughs> I liked it. I liked, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. Well done, Aaron. <laughs> well done, Aaron. Yes. And Aaron, you mm-hmm. are never going to guess next week's movie. Now, next week is mm-hmm. March 1st. Well, we are reclaiming our stolen day. Exactly. It should be February 29th, 
We're not going to let a calendar dictate what we do. And truth be told, we could do this film as in all of our films this month, anytime. We don't need a special month, the shortest one of the year, to do it. Yes, especially now that you have learned the magic of Black <laughs> History Month. Uh, mommy's so white. <laughs> Hashtag mommy's so white. <laughs> Okay, next week's film is a 1984 movie. 1984, okay. And I'm never going to guess it. Mm -mm. Okay. It won an Oscar. It won an Oscar. What did it win the Oscar in? Will it be too much of a, oh, I don't give it too much away. Yes. Oh, 1984. It won an Oscar. I will give you the director. Okay. Albert Magnoli. Magnoli? <laughs> That's why I gave you the director. Albert. Okay. 1984. Cult classic. Cult classic. Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon? Are you on Google? No. I'm on my no. Aaron Bush Google mind. No. Oh, because that's a cult classic. And now I would have that would have been like, my, you're we're doing show enough? Um <laughs> You don't have to give me the star, but just someone who's in it. Well, damn. I don't even know except for the people who are going to give it away. 1984. The star would totally give it away. It's a cult classic. Mm -hmm. The star would totally give it away. Morris Day is in it. Purple Rain? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get that? Because, oh, Morris Day. <laughs> Morris Day in 1984. Okay. And then okay. it won an Oscar. It won an Oscar for song. Purple Prince. Rain. Mm -hmm. Isn't that a surprise for you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well okay, done. Okay, listeners. Next week. Purple Rain, cult classic. Oh. Exciting. Exciting. Hope you like it. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye.